Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We've been talking about God, God the Father, and then God the Son, who is forgiveness. And we, we just started looking at Jesus, and whenever we saw his name, it was like forgiveness, thinking forgiveness instead of just thinking Jesus God's son thinking forgiveness this is actually God's offering to us this is his offering to us this is why we have to receive it because he's offering his son he's offering forgiveness Jesus but um I wanted to talk today um well I didn't the Holy Spirit always has a different plan I'm sorry I'm very honest I really I really had sort of a different plan but um, in this way, um, God has really been wanting us to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and I thought, God, you know, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's interesting because I've, I just opened the door to Jesus. So we should be talking more about Jesus. I mean, all, all we've done is his genealogy and we've looked at the prophecies, which are on those notes there, if you want them. We've looked at all the prophecies, which are like 61 prophecies in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New Testament. And I think it was like 24 or 29 of which were fulfilled in one day by Jesus Christ. And it's amazing to look at. And then, and then I thought, okay, well, this teaching then is going to be for sure about Jesus. Or so, I mean, how could you ever get enough of that? Because... We can never get enough of that because that's God, that's his forgiveness in action. That's his forgiveness in person. That is God in person. Jesus is God in person. I, I um, even don't like to say Jesus is God's um, image in person because people kind of get this thought of like, well, you know, maybe Jesus is a little nicer, you know, and we still think, you God, the father, he's kind of mad at me. Jesus, can you help me today? You know, and we need to realize God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit won. And the Lord just put it upon my heart to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And just for, for, for us to know that he wants us to know the Holy Spirit as much as we know Jesus, as much as we know the Father. We get to know all three, but they are one. Somehow the Holy Spirit can be distant. Like um, we're supposed to pray that he exists um, as Christians in our house and everything that we do and, and all that there is. And we know that he brings in peace. He brings in comfort. And we know that it's the enemy that brings in strife and confusion and, you know, fear or whatever. And um, this is so completely small, especially with all the stuff happening in my world and probably your world right now. And we could probably all depress each other if we wanted to. Just let's go around and share all the impossible, impossible situations that we have. And then we could all get excited together because we know that all things are possible with God, Luke one thirty seven. And we could all look at the word and encourage one another and go, wait a minute. It says that if we all agree, it'll be done in heaven. And just in my life, I've seen it done always. Boom, 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 boom. My prayers answered the prayers of God's people answered, just not in my time. Whoa. I mean, 
mean, you don't, I feel, don't you feel like, I feel like God's never early. Why are you not early? I want you to be early. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes, honestly, it is because of his love and mercy. I was thinking in church yesterday, I would not know him, but that I've had trouble in my life. So is it because of his love and mercy that he doesn't show up as fast as I want him to? I mean, he's not the trouble and he's not sending the trouble, but is it because of his love and mercy? Is it because of who he's creating us to be? But we have to know just like just like the hall of fame of, of, of faith in Hebrews 11 and all the people like it, as if you were walking down a hall and you could just see all these pictures of Abraham and, and, and all the pictures of people that believed and yet saw and saw a certain aspect of what God said was going to be in their life. We're going to be the father of many nations. And he saw that, but little did he know that it would be the chosen people that would come, the 12 tribes that would come out of his descendants, that would be the chosen people that God's son, Jesus, would be born from. So it's like little do we know what our prayers are doing. And yet, again, in Ephesians 3.20, God does exceedingly abundantly above all we could hope or ask or think. I kind of like that. I like that assurance. You know what I mean? Like, that I can know that what I pray, I can also say, God, you're going to do above what I'm praying. Please do above what I'm praying. And lots of times, too, Holy Spirit, please just intercede for me with God. Be in my house and and intercede with my prayers. And don't let them get an answer too early. And don't let me get something that's not going to be good for me, you know? Because sometimes if we bug God long enough and it's just something that we do bug him long enough, he'll be like, well, all right. It's kind of like what we do with our kids. Like, okay, if you want strawberry shortcake for dinner every night, you're going to get it. And we try to teach them in some certain way. You know, I don't know if If you don't have a strong-willed child, you may not understand this. Or if you're not a strong-willed child, you may not understand this. If you're a really complacent child, I have two strong-willed children. And um, I was a really complacent child, so I don't know what that kind of sowing and reaping says. I'm not, you know, where, whatever, I don't know, ancestrally what that means. But, you know, we just need to sometimes go, God, don't. Give me anything that's not, I mean, help me get in the right direction and just please, Lord, um, it's not so much my prayers and my journal that are answered and check, check, check. It's that I know that you're directing me and leading me every day. And that is the Holy Spirit part of God that's in us, that touches us, that talks to us. And um, this is what I was starting to tell you an example of. Such a silly, silly example. But it's like we come home from church. <laughs> That's all I need to say, really. You know what I'm saying? Come home from church, and my 17-year-old, almost 17-year-old, is fighting with my 9-year-old. I mean, like, loud. Like, you are the biggest liar. No, you are. So my 17-year-old needs to go or wants to go to Oklahoma. She needs, like, probably three or $400 to fly to go to a missions conference, which is great to the missions group 
that, um, and they have a great conference for kids that just, uh, teens, that really encourages them and bands and speakers and just great stuff. But we have said, you need to raise that money, babysitting or whatever. And, um, I, and then I said, great, you know, most of my kids don't have small children, so good luck. So anyway, she um, is trying her best. And so her brother, she happens to need $300 to get to this conference. And her brother, Storm, bet her $300 downstairs in the kitchen that he could grow a birthmark. <laughs> and so they were fighting with all get out. You said what you said. You need to honor your words. Mom and dad said, you don't even need a signature. You just need to stand by what you say. I'm not going to. I haven't grown the birthmark yet. I mean, it was the most ridiculous argument. It was so stupid. And I was going, Holy Spirit. I mean, here I am. I love you. I I love the word. I want to teach the word. I'm teaching my kids the word. And they are angry, like seriously angry. They're not joking. They're really angry at each other because one bet the other that he could grow a birthmark and the other needs that money and said, you're going to, I'm going to hold you to it. You're, we're going to empty your bank account until you grow that birthmark. And I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, you seem so, how do I call on you for that? But it's everyday life that we need them. You know, we relate more to Jesus or I do than the Holy Spirit sometimes Um, And we relate more to God the Father because God is just so loving. We understand, um, if we understand his love, that we're his daughters. And we just can relate more to that. And then we relate more sometimes to Jesus because he was fully human. John 1.14 tells us that the word became flesh. You know, he was real. He was really tired. He really did hurt. He really did suffer. He really was able to say, I understand everything. (laughs) I understand the temptations that you have gone through. That's why he sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us because he understands what it was like to be human. So we're often taught like God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit is like, it doesn't really ever quite get taught or he's ignored, but he's just as much a part of God. And I want us to so focus on him this morning because he just came like sunlight through a window to me this morning. He just came like um, melting ice. Just if, if you're freezing cold, and which is hard to imagine right now, but if you're, uh, you know, freezing cold, I don't know if you've ever snowed, if you've ever skied and gotten snow in your boots and it's like your feet are frozen and you just can't wait. It's just like that de-thaw of like my heart going it's not so important that I do this and do that and get this done and get this done and get this done. It's, it's important that I look at the word. And when I do that, God gets that stuff done for me. He just gets it done for me. And he says he will. And we do things backwards. The Holy Spirit um, should be first. If you really think about it, the Holy Spirit should be first. And, and, and he was telling me that this morning inside my heart and then it was like go to genesis and i was like okay because everything has to be backed up by his word and and those of you that know me really well it's like the word the word the word the word you know some people are feelings experiences you know i'm not putting anybody down but i'm like 
if God tells it to me or someone tells it to me, I've got to see it in the word. Well, you look at Genesis 1 and verse 2, and it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Well, what is the first thing that the Word of God mentions? Is it God the Father? God the Son? It's God the Holy Spirit. It's God the Holy Spirit. And that there's a reason for that. He is mentioned first. Why don't we see the Spirit first? And I was asking God that. I was praying this morning, you know, why don't we see the Spirit first? And I think it's because we have false perceptions of the Holy Spirit. We see Him as as absent. Um, We see Him as not really mentioned. Um, He's not really mentioned in the Old Testament because He's not really known. His presence is there. He's not focused upon because it's all on God, you know. And then in the New Testament, he's not really taught and mentioned until Jesus says, hey, I'm going. And they're like, don't go. And he's like, no, don't worry. I'm going to leave you a helper. And they're like, oh, great. That sounds good. You know, and so sometimes we have that attitude, too. We have false perceptions. We have false perceptions that he wasn't really there in the beginning until we look at Genesis and it was like, oh my gosh, he's mentioned first. Did that ever really occur to you? You know? And then we also have a false reception that the Old Testament people didn't really cry out to him or know he was there or pray to him or be cognitive of his presence. But when I went back to some of the Psalms, like, Listen to this, how the writer of the psalm just cries out to the Holy Spirit. And so he is there in the presence of of their hearts. They know him, maybe not by the name, the Holy Spirit, but they know him as what it's interpreted here as the helper. Psalm 10, verse 14, but you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief. To repay it by your hand, the helpless commits himself to you. You're the helper of the Father. Psalm 30, verse 10 says, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me, Lord. Be my helper. That's such a great prayer. Hear, hear, O Lord, and please have mercy on me, O Lord, and be my helper. I cannot make this kid behave. I cannot make this marriage work. I cannot fix my body. I cannot earn enough money to do what I need to do or get the house where it needs to be or Make sure that we're not worried. I, 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 only you. But see, that's Old Testament. And then Psalm 54, 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. I love that. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. And God is with us. God is with us and upholds our lives. He is with those who believe in him, and he is our helper. The other thing besides the the false assumption that the Holy Spirit is absent is that the other false assumption that, that I was feeling this morning as I was writing this thinking, why am I writing this? I could be talking about Jesus, and we're on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was like, because I want people to, to know me. I mean, I think even... If we're made in the image of God, 
I even think the Holy Spirit has, gets his feelings hurt. I mean, I know that sounds really silly, like, oh, my gosh, you're God's feelings. But if we're made in the image of God and we can have our feelings hurt, think about him. How many people recognize, how many of God's people recognize God the Father, God the Son, but we sort of don't recognize the Holy Spirit. And he's a person. And so sometimes it seems like he's abstract. But in John 14, 16, it says, and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus telling us. I will pray the Father and he will give you another. And, and I wanted to interpret it in its Hebrew word, Holy Spirit, which means helper, comforter, advocate, that he may abide with you forever. John fourteen twenty six, And I'm going to read it instead of Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it as helper, comforter, advocate, because that's what Jesus was saying. But the helper, comforter, advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. That's so much what he does. Constantly, he's there with us, bringing to remembrance what we have input. And that part's our choice of the word. You know, he can only work with what we give him. And so sometimes people are like, golly, Kathleen, you have a direct line to God. And I'm like, well, number one, I'm desperate for him. So, like, don't give me too much credit for going after him because I didn't really have a choice, you know. It was either that or just freak out and die, you know. And then secondly, I, I, I just have inputted his word. And the more we input his word, the more he has to work with the more he can remind us of his truths, the more that I can drive over here and say, wait a minute, got a call from the school, got a call from another school, something, something, the world, in the middle of this Bible study, I can't tell you details, but it's about my nine-year-old. We should if we could have. We can, we shouldn't. Um, and all right, so I'm driving over here going, Okay, Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purposes. And that stands for my son. That means all things. That means whether I faxed it or I didn't fax it or whether I sent it or didn't send it or whether we prayed really well or didn't pray really well. All things. And the Holy Spirit can work with what we've put in us. John um, sixteen seven. Jesus says, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. Okay, so it's not even like, here's a replacement. I can't, I'm really tired. I can't wait to go sit at the right hand of the Father. You know, where Jesus is like, I've been down there with y'all 33 years, and then I got crucified, and you'll never know what it was like to take all your sins, and I'm exhausted. And I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father now. And I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, because that's, I just need to do that. That's not what happened. You know, Jesus is not exhausted. God is not exhausted. Um, sometimes we're exhausted, but he's not. A little cute son of a friend of mine who's now on varsity football, so I can't say his name, but they were singing in church, you know, uh, that familiar song, you know, about God. He is exalted. The king is exalted on high. And her little son was singing, he is exhausted, the king is exhausted on high. I will praise him. It was like, 
she turned to him. She said, are you saying he's exhausted? And he goes, well, yeah. And then she realized that's what I say all the time. Oh, my gosh, I'm so exhausted. So he was just relating that to the father, like, look at the world. He's so exhausted. But you know what? Subconsciously, sometimes we think Jesus is like, I'm exhausted. I'm sending you the helper. Okay? Woo! But we need to realize he's saying, no, no, I'm going to the right hand of the Father because that is the plan of God. I'm sending you who was there at the very beginning. At the very beginning, before you were ever formed, before the earth was formed, when the earth, when everything was dark and void, it was the Holy Spirit hovering over for all creation to come about. When anything is dark and void in our lives, it's the Holy Spirit hovering over. And as we pray, he's creating and doing things that, that are according to the will of God and beyond our comprehension. But he's hovering over. If you need healing this morning, he's hovering over that. If you're desperately crying out for God to change someone in your life, or make, make them hungry for the truth, whatever that might be, um, whoever that might be, the truth of Jesus Christ, he's hovering over them. He's hovering over them. So he's sending for our advantage. Jesus, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. God, see, God's sending the three parts of himself. And yet there, you can't separate them. It's all God. But he's saying now, I've, I, I've shown you the son and what it's like for God to be in a person and how merciful he is and how he's willing to die. It's like God saying, I'm showing you that I've given you that of myself, but now I'm giving you something even better. And we need to like underline that. John 16, 7, it's to your advantage. Seriously. Because we sometimes think, if I was there with Jesus, this would just not be a problem. I would just go up to him and go, Jesus, heal me. And he would heal me. And that would be it. I would just go up to him and Jesus, I need an answer to this question. And he would answer my question. You know, he'd be right there for everything I needed. I could follow him. I'd be one of those people that would follow him across the, the lake and whatever it took. But I mean, I just wish that, that I was there with him. No, the Holy Spirit is everywhere with us. Jesus was a man contained in a human body. He could only be one place at one time. He shared of who he was through God, but we have the advantage of the Holy Spirit. He is our advocate, someone on our side, someone who understands us. And literally, that word in the Hebrew, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, means that he's, our advocate. And sometimes I hesitate to say attorney, <laughs> but that is what an advocate is. And, you know, my husband's an attorney. There's someone in this room that's an attorney. There are good attorneys. And what they're supposed to be is advocates to the person um, in what they need in a legal matter. Do you know that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is our advocate? God has 
the laws of the earth, the laws of creation, the laws of the, the mosaic laws, the Ten Commandments, the things that we can't always attain to. And here is our advocate against Satan and against even our own conscience within us saying, no, you're righteous. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. You don't need to be perfect. And it's not that he's our advocate because we're always right. You know what I mean? It's not like in the world, an attorney-client privilege kind of thing, and the Holy Spirit's going to defend us no matter what, even if he knows we're guilty. You know, that's what people get confused about. It's because he understands us. So the Bible says that he groans and moans. It's with unknown words that he can explain what we're really trying to say. And so much of the time, I can't. I don't know about you, but I can't. You know, I want to go, God, you know, yesterday I was just wiped out with pain, just wiped out. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's humanly understandable. I have so much metal in my back. I'm totally fused. I, I can only bend my neck, which is broken. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like a miracle that I'm, that I'm here. I, we went to Lacey's 30th high school reunion, which I looked around. I was like, gosh, but who are all these old people? You know what I'm saying? And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm one of them, you know? I mean, I'm only five years younger than they are. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I even thought about what I was wearing. I look like a librarian. I decided. I was like, I, I look like a librarian. We had this, don't be afraid to laugh. We had this live band, and it was supposed to be so much fun. And I was like, who are these old people? And then I passed the mirror, and I was like, I could so easily be getting out the little card catalog. You remember that when we were in school? Oh, my gosh. It just bore me to tears. And plus, I couldn't understand it. But anyway, um, you know, Holy Spirit can use people that don't even understand the the way the library is set up. It's amazing. But I cry out to him, you know, over this child, over my marriage, over this person that has cancer. Um, At the 30th high school reunion, one of Lacey's uh, friends is a spouse now of someone who has AML, the kind of vicious cancer that I had. Um, And she just said, you know, I don't really even, you know, know why I'm here tonight. We're in Arkansas. I just kind of came, 30th reunion, and... Um, she was like, wait a minute, you had AML? She said, I've never met anybody that had that kind of cancer because it is so deadly. And she said, I just want to touch you, you know? And then Lacey was like, you know, there, we have a ministry. We have people that will pray and pray with you and for you. And, and it just went into this whole other conversation, the Holy Spirit through us in us and he is praying through us in us for others and through us in us for us because he understands us you know he understands when everything's going right and dread overcomes you because you feel like everything's too right and something's going to happen he understands why and where that came from He understands, even though the Bible says like 365 times, at least one time for every day of the year, in some form or fashion, do not fear. He understands when his children, we, his children, who know him, who know his word, who have been given so much, still fear. You know? 
God, I don't want to just be given the first step. I would really like the whole outline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm teaching this morning. I'm like, darn, I should have, I should have given them an outline. It's like, no, sometimes God just wants us to listen and pull out what he's saying to us and not what's on an outline. It's on an outline because that's what he was saying to me. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, is one who pleads our case but understands that we're sinful but loves us anyway and gets us when we don't get ourselves and knows the best ending and knows what the end is and yet is there with us from the beginning and through the middle chapter, which a lot of us are in the middle chapters of our lives and going, okay, I'm so sorry, but the protagonist is not doing well. You know, we want to just say, I I just need, you know, if you could just tell me the next couple of chapters, I might do better in this chapter. And we need to go, no, God, I praise you no matter what. I have faith and we're going to get, get to that. He's our advocate. He's the one who pleads our case before the judge. He's an intercessor pleading to God, the father for us. He's our assistant. Have you ever just said, God, if I had an assistant, I would really do better. Sometimes I say to my husband too, you know, if I... If I had, and I do, that's what's so sad. I have a secretary and she would be willing to do whatever I need her to do with a secretary, with an audio editor, with all of this help, even with all this, I'm like, but I need an assistant. We have one. The Holy Spirit is your assistant. And unlike a secretary, unlike an administrative assistant, unlike any human being, you don't have to sit down with him or her and say, this is what I need. This is what we need because actually the Holy Spirit actually knows what you need when you don't know what you need. You can actually just be with the Holy Spirit that was there from the beginning and there before you were even created and just go, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I need. So I just, would you pray for me? And just sometimes I'll just put on praise music or sing and just sing to the Holy Spirit, acknowledging him. Don't you know? I mean, God loves it. God says that he loves it. Don't you love it when your child goes up and gives you a big, great big hug? They don't want anything. They just are acknowledging you. I feel like that. The Holy Spirit, you know, we're made in his image and we want to just acknowledge him in our lives and acknowledge him every day and say, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, forgive me for not acknowledging you as my assistant. How do I think I get through the day? How do I think I get through the pain? How do I think I make it to the next day? It's by the grace of God. How do I have joy today? It's through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, and through what I know to be true. And how can I explain? I can't explain. I'm just a little human being, but the Holy Spirit is here speaking through this little imperfect vessel to you. He's your assistant. He understands you. The Holy Spirit is destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles. Think about it before the beginning of time. God knew the Holy Spirit would come and it's to our advantage. Remember what Jesus said. After his ascension to the Father, to lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel of truth, to give them divine strength needed to enable, instead of saying them, I'm going to say us, to undergo trials, persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. 
We're going through this world and we're going to eternity. Thank God. But sometimes it's just that word through. We need to know also we're not stuck ever. We're going through. The Holy Spirit is bringing us through. You know, sometimes I feel like I am stuck right here. This is it. I can't believe it. I'm tired of this. I've had, okay, let's see, I'm 44 and we we count. Um, Okay, so that means I've had 30 years of chronic pain every day. We love to count. It's been three and a half years since my husband's opened the Bible. We love to just make sure that we are on the disadvantage instead of going, wait, 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 wait. I'm going through this, and I don't know time and space and beginning and end and and destination and God's good plan, but he does. And so I'm just going to join with the Holy Spirit who already agrees with God and who knows me and knows the people I love, knows my heart, knows my body, knows what we need, knows the end from the beginning. And he's going to get me through. Why don't we see the Spirit first? You know, why don't we? Why don't we see the Spirit first? Why don't we go to Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, and see the Spirit first like we just read? And, you know, it's so obvious. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Why don't we see it? Because the Holy Spirit can't be picked up by our five senses. And on this earth, we depend so much on what we can see, on what we can hear with our ears, on what we can touch, what we can smell, what we can taste. So seriously, if we can't use our five senses, it's like, woo, that's not the way we were programmed as human beings. And that's why Learning more about the word is so exciting and learning more of God's word because you start depending less and less and less and less on your five senses and more and more and more and more on faith. And it's a faith and a spirit-led thing. And it's like so fun. So like I'm in the middle of a lot of trials right now, just probably like you are. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's exciting and it's actually joyful because I'm not in the five senses realm. I, 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 if I go back to the five senses realm, I could get really upset about things, you know, this is the way things are. This is the way it looks on paper. This is how much money we spent on medical bills. If we had that much money, we could vacation in Jamaica for the rest of our lives and never work. I mean, looking back, we could have, we should have, we had, we didn't, but you know what? We've got to say, here I am. He's going to take us through. And God, teach me not to walk by faith or sight, not to depend on what I can hear or smell or taste, but teach me to start to walk by faith. Jesus, throughout the Bible, talks about faith. And then entirely through the New Testament, it says my people will walk by faith and not by sight not by their five senses. And yet, even in school, that's what we're encouraged to develop and depend upon. If you think about it, reading and, 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 and memorizing. And I don't know about you, but I, I could, like, memorize things and then do very well in school, even though I didn't understand the card catalog. That had nothing to do with it. Um, 
I did mostly well in college, graduating with a 3.9 and feeling like if I hadn't had that internship and they hadn't given me a B, I would have been, you know. And back then, you know, when I thought I was going to go to graduate school and carry a briefcase and live in Chicago, you know, and I, I San Antonio, are you kidding? I grew up here. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't have the same plan that God had. Never would I have dreamed that I'd be doing what, I, what I'm doing right now, that I have been doing ministry for the last 20 years. Matter of fact, in, in, in 86 and 87 and 88, when God started being specific about Mary and Lacey and being specific about, and I, I was just 18, being more specific about ministry when I thought I was going into advertising. He goes, well, you are going to advertise. You're just going to advertise God. (laughs) You know, I was like, wait, no, stop. I don't like polyester. Do you understand? I was just thinking of the people who are on TV petting poodles. And I was thinking of like, you know, ministry, like I'm going to have a little wagon. We're going to put up a little tent and I'm going to say, everybody's going to hell. You know, and I was just like, I'm not like that. I'm really an inclusive person. I'm not an exclusive person. I don't want to do this. And then God just started using me, using me, using me. Why? Because I was so darn weak. I mean, seriously. He can use you at your weakest. That's when he's the strongest. I mean, even this morning we can go, God, I'm glad I'm weak. If I was strong, I may just walk away from you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for speaking to my heart. Thank you for telling me that you heard my prayer, my prayer, and you're answering my prayer. Thank you for telling me that. Not that girl who's talking, but you telling me that. You heard. You know. You're interceding for me. You're my advocate. You're my perfect lawyer who's really close to the judge. about that he is the judge he is God I've never thought about that before the most important thing in in, in our entire lives that we could realize is that the word is alive through the Holy Spirit and people that have been in my Bible study before I I could get kind of a half grin from Catherine because I often say the most important thing. And then it's something different because there are a lot of most important things. But seriously, this morning, today, at this time, in this room, for you and for whoever is hearing this in whatever country you're in, the most important thing is for you to know that the word is alive through the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive the word, it, it's supposed to light up to us like truth. Like what I just read about Jesus telling us, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's your advantage that I go away You know, that lights up to us like truth. Why? Because it's truth. Well, not just for anybody. It lights up because we have the Holy Spirit in us going, listen, 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 listen. This is for you. We have God's forgiveness through Jesus. We receive Jesus, our Savior, for ourselves. And then the Holy Spirit is inside us helping us to get to know God. He starts highlighting the word for us. And that's exactly what Satan doesn't want you to do. He does not want you to have time 
to open the word. He does not want you to pray, Holy Spirit, I know you're my advocate. I'm so glad you're here with me. You already know all my prayers. I don't need an assistant. You are the best. So would you go out? I mean, send angels out, God, to just do your bidding and do your work. And I'm going to just trust you, like we mentioned earlier in Matthew, um, where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. So it's like I can know that sitting here on the floor in my shorts with sunscreen on, because I finally learned that I need sunscreen every single day, even though I don't put it on every single day, I'm still very convicted about that. I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's all the commercials about wrinkles, but I have sunscreen on, so I can say that at least. I've spent the time in the Word with God. Such joy! Because I know angels are out doing those things that I could never do. You know, you could never make enough phone calls. You could never say enough. You could never be there enough. You could never pull enough strings. You could never have enough connections to equal God. Are you kidding? And yet sometimes that's what we spend our time doing. Can we just stop and go, God, you have all the connections in the world. You're not only the advocate, you're the judge. You're not only the judge, you're the son. You're not only the beginning, you're the end. You are good. You are love. First Corinthians 13, my favorite part of that is it says love never fails. I used to be so afraid of failure. Seriously, I told you about my college GPA. Some of you may have blown that way out of the water and you're like, well, you know, that doesn't impress me. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to say I was so afraid of failure that I had to over-succeed. I was so afraid that I would never stop hurting that I had bulimia when I was in college and part of high school. I was so afraid that I wouldn't have the right connections. Even today, don't we let ourselves get in that world way of thinking in our five senses instead of going by faith and going, God, you tell us not to fear. I don't need to be afraid. You tell us love never fails in your love. Your word is love. Your son is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Holy Spirit resides in me. And love never fails. Do you know that love in you will never fail? Even when we fail, we have someone like we read earlier in the, in the book of Psalms to uphold us. So we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 13, 6. I really want you to underline this in your Bible Look at it, look at it again, look at it again, look at it again, and say it out loud to yourself. I want you to say it out loud to yourself. Seriously, I'm not just saying that because I want to have something for you to do. That is what God has really convicted me to share with you this morning. Over and over and over and over as much as you can, say this out loud. The Lord is my helper. See, the Holy Spirit's just right there. He's my advocate. He's my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's why it's so easy to forgive other people. 
you know what? The Lord's my helper. What, what should I fear? What can man do to me? I forgive you for rushing through a surgery and using uh, something that had a 50% failure rate, making a lot of money and botching my life up for life. I forgive you because God is my advocate. Whom shall I fear? I, I, I forgive you even though you're hurting my heart so badly right now. Maybe you're the closest person to me in my life. You're the one that should be encouraging me. You're the one that should be helping me. You're the one that should. And God's like, shh, I'm here. You shouldn't fear. And, and it makes it so much easier for me to forgive. You know, being married and and... I don't know if I'm including this or God's including this. I just kind of have to go with the flow. But being married for now, in a few days, we'll have our 23rd anniversary. I can't remember. But something like that, some, like, huge number that... The reason I say it's a huge number, and some people are 50, 60, 70 years married. I'm not saying that we are married the longest. I'm just saying that in those 23 years, it's really a lot of forgiveness on both sides, you know? On a daily basis. Sometimes I can get so self-righteous, you know what I'm saying, that I think all the forgiveness is just on my side. Because, see, I have a quiet husband who doesn't really express what he's forgiving. I'm the one doing the praying, and so therefore he's just acting and acting out, and I'm doing the forgiving. It's two sides. It's God working. It's the Holy Spirit being sent out. And it's me understanding. God understands me. God understands my husband. And thanks be to God. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.